We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to the Fantasy Football Report on Rotoviz Radio, joined by Jack Miller. Uh, you know him from Establish the Run, also his work a long time ago on Rotoviz, you probably remember, one of our favorite writers in the industry. Jack, it's great to have you. How's it going? It's going well, yeah, great to be here. Um, always love hopping on and talking with you and Hassan, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Hassan hopefully will be joining us momentarily. He's having some technical difficulties, but... We will start without him. The obvious news we need to talk about today, I think, is the J.K. Dobbins injury. Um, the fear is, I guess, that he's torn his Achilles. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, but um, that would obviously end his season. So, yeah, uh, I had pretty high hopes for Dobbins coming into this season. I know a lot of us did. Do you think, well, I mean, obviously, where do the Ravens go from here is first First thing to know, and is there anyone fantasy relevant in this backfield that you're interested in? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a question of like if they try to go out and get Hunter, Fournette, or one of these veterans that are available. Uh, I mean, today Justice Hill played as the RB two for most of the game ahead of Gus Edwards. So I guess if I guess he's the guy I'd pick up in the interim because maybe, I guess Todd Munkin just likes him better. Um, but I, I do think it's a spot where they could go out and, and get someone. I did see they just called up Melvin Gordon from the practice squad, so maybe they're just going to roll with the trio they have now, in which case Hill, I think, is the most intriguing since he seems like he's ahead of Edwards and uh, for carries, and, and he's obviously the better pass catcher. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty encouraged, actually, to see Justice Hill playing so well today. I think that's, you know, he's been one of my kind of under-the-radar favorite guys, so I'm happy to see him doing well um yeah tough to say I mean obviously if they sign someone then kind of all bets are off and we have to reevaluate at that point uh if you if you owned Dobbins and Dynasty what are you doing with him now I mean I you guys are probably the better people ask for Dynasty since I don't play that like as much I, I feel like he's gonna be impossible to sell right now though I mean like I don't think you necessarily like want him on your roster um 
but who's going to be buying him given his injury history? And now he has a torn Achilles on top of that. So I, I feel like you almost just have to hold and hope for the best and hope he's better 12 months from now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the, I mean, the tough question is with his injury history and a torn Achilles on top of the ACL stuff, um, you know, you kind of wonder about even the likelihood that we'll see him again, maybe at all, which is kind of, sad to think about but um so yeah it seems obviously a little bit too early to just drop him from your from your roster but it would be it would be hard to to be a buyer right now um pull up the show sheet (laughs) i guess the other injury we should talk about deontay johnson um left the game with a hamstring pittsburgh played pretty poorly when he was on the field and when he was off the field what do you think this does to the steelers offense yeah, I mean, it, it's like he's their primary guy target-wise. And without him, um, even he's not super efficient, but I don't. I, I wonder how much George Pickens can really handle like an enormous target share given the routes that he's running. Um, but I guess he's, he's going to have to step up or they're going to have to start relying on Allen Robinson and uh, Calvin Austin more. But I mean, I, probably the guy that benefits most would be Fryermuth because he could soak up those underneath targets that might have gone to Deontay Pryor um, and allow Pickens to stay in the same like downfield role. But yeah, it's not great. And, and they declared him out like immediately after he came out of the game. So that's not super uh, great for his, his injury prospects. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a kind of a Pickens truther this whole off season, trying to get him on as many of my best ball teams and redraft teams that I could. So um, I'm not, you know, obviously you never want to see somebody get hurt, but Pickens, it would seem, has a real opportunity to kind of make the most of this. And it's kind of unfortunate that they really couldn't get anything going today. Hassan, can you hear us? Yeah, we're back. We're back. My God, <laughs> what, a, what a great time for, for, my, for my headphones to, to crap out. Um, but I will, I will recommend everyone get the Audio-Technica AHM50. They're, they're a really good set of pair of cans. Um, <laughs> when they work. When they work, yeah. I've had this pair for about six years. Uh, it's about time like the wire gave up the ghost. Um, I did like what you guys had to say about Pickens. What was interesting to me was that he was out-targeted and out-produced by the corpse of Allen Robinson by that time, SF at all. I mean, by that time, SF at all, but like given up, except for defending Pickens. Uh, I had Pickens over 39 and a half receiving yards Really frustrating that he didn't hit it because he came fairly close a couple of times. Uh, the entire offense was out of sync in the first half. Um, it wasn't until the second half that they actually get anything going. What was in- what's interesting to me now is that we're going to actually see Pickens as that star. Do you, have they? I, I did not see that they came out with a timetable for that hamstring, so we don't know the severity. The 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 Eagles are. I mean, the Steelers are also fairly tight lipped when it comes down to these kind of injuries, especially when it happens to a star player like that. Um, we, so we just, the issue is we just don't know, right? We, we, we don't know how bad it is for, for, for Deontay. Um, and I'm really worried about the offense that Matt Canada is calling. We're seeing a lot of Calvin Austin targets. We're seeing a lot of targets to guys who, I mean, quite frankly, are, uh, tertiary NFL talents at best. Um, I mean, I mean, like, like, explain this to me, right? Like, explain how Calvin Austin has six targets, um, Connor Hayward has four, right? 
And then you're getting like a dose of like a healthy dose of Allen Robinson with eight. Like this is not, this is not really an offense. Like I think at some point uh, you do want to just sort of trust that your second year player has is, is that guy and feed him. I, I don't know if you guys have that same take. And also what was interesting was uh, Pat Freermuth really did not get much work. He only had the one touchdown. He had, I think I saw like three other targets that were, I, I, sw- I swear when I was watching the game, I was surprised that they were actually credited as targets to, to Freermuth as opposed to sort of like wayward throws. Yeah, I yeah. guess this. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I, I think Farmouth got hurt for like a little bit. I don't know how many routes or snaps that cost him, but yeah. uh, he wasn't in for like part of the game. That's that's one of the issues with doing uh, a show right as soon as the games end is that we're still waiting on a lot of this advanced, <laughs> uh, the advanced data that we just don't have, which is a shame. Um, what what did you guys want to take? What was your guys' take here on Jalen Warren? I mean, I know he saw extended run, if only because Najee missed a good chunk. Early on, I wanted to get your guys' take there. Is that like something to take away, or are we worried about Anthony McFarland really making this sort of like a like a two A two B situation that leaves this leaves his value a little overinflated in draft season? I uh, I didn't know what to make of the McFarland usage. He played on like a fourth and three pretty early in the game, which I thought was weird. Um, but I feel like we have so much evidence that Warren that the staff likes Warren and that Warren's like their guy on third and fourth down that I don't really want to overreact to that so I, i'm not really like downgrading warren that much but if it happens again if it's third and fourth down again next week and they're trotting out mcfarland for whatever reason that's maybe when i'd uh take a second look yeah i think you got to be encouraged by this usage getting six targets is uh is pretty pretty much what you're hoping for at least part of what you're hoping for i guess if you drafted warren and then maybe he can he can get some more work around the goal line, but that doesn't seem that likely. But uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about McFarland either. I think, well, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird game when you lose, when you lose by this much, you kind of try some things out maybe that you wouldn't do normally. So yeah, it wasn't competitive. I had to watch the game because it was the only one we got here and it was like, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's my fault because I forgot to buy the red zone package. <laughs> and that was stuck. And this is like, yeah. That's how we're explaining the Allen Robinson usage too. Yeah, this is just, it was just, it was a disaster, man. Like it was like the worst first half of football. Like it made me regret football being back for a while because I was like, oh God, this is, it it was a route. Like it it wasn't even, and I I guess I got to ask you guys the question is, right? Because we were all kind of optimistic at Kenny Pickett taking a second, like, like, a, like a step forward, right? And like he, I have a lot of him as like a blended QB ADP as like QB 22. I got a lot of him when he was in like QB 24 to 27 range. Um, I'm just curious if you guys think that it's just Pickett might not be that guy or is this San Francisco defense just this good? Like They just, they played out of their skins. Fred Warner was everywhere. I think it's probably a combo of both. I mean, the Niners defense is great. Um, I don't think Pickett has, like, you know, top-tier upside, but he's going to start 17 games. Um, If Deontay's healthy, he has all right weapons. Um, He can use his legs a little bit. Um, So, I I mean, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I don't want to overreact to one game on on Pickett um, is is basically where I'm at. And, And really with the whole game, I mean, it was such a weird game where they went down 25 or whatever immediately so i i don't want to take like too much away from it do you think like as a community we were too optimistic about Pickett, kind of because 
There was no other really second-year breakout guy that we could point to that we uh, are chasing. That's possible. I, the thing I was worried about most, honestly, with uh, Pickett was the Matt Canada quotes from the offseason saying, like, they just want to run the ball as much as possible. And, like, that's their identity. Um, but, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't think Pickett's going to be, like, a top eight quarterback. But I, st- I think he could still be, like, a top, like, 16 quarterback. And that's valuable if you can get him at, like, a QB3 cost in best ball. Which is which is where we've been drafting him most of the offseason. And it kind of goes back to, like, last season where you're thinking about people taking Trey Lance ahead of guys like, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and all the later breakout quarterbacks that actually made uh, that actually made your roster, right? Like those are the kind of bets you want to be making. That's why we we're making bets on him, on Sam Howell. Like all these guys are just going so so late, and we know that they're potentially locked into seventeen games, like you said, Jack. And not you know just just having having a starter for seventeen games is big, right? Um, there's another guy who we can talk about later who I don't think is going to play the full seventeen. Um, but the guy who we do want to celebrate a little bit is someone who we were fairly high on uh, here at Rotoviz and you guys at ETR and I think pretty much everyone in the industry. But for some reason, his ADP wasn't reflective of that because, like, how could you, how could you take him that high? It was uh, Brandon Ayuk who got all eight of his targets for 129 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Um, that that stat line kind of belies how highlight worthy those two grabs those two td grabs were like like he he pulled those balls out of the sky and was able to find the end zone over multiple dbs like like is Ayuk here like should should Ayuk said differently should Ayuk and Debo Samuels's ADPs have been flipped I'm I'm still team Debo but I've been team Debo the whole time and I feel like that's kind of like like I can't blame anyone for going the other way um it's just when they were on the field together last year Debo's target share was like significantly better um and and maybe Ayuk they utilized downfield more like they did today a little bit um I'm I'm I've been team Debo the whole offseason and I'm not ready to admit defeat on that one yet but if you guys are, are the opposite way I can't really argue too much after you know Ayuk went crazy today yeah uh of Tough call. I was drafting Debo, obviously, in the third round and fourth round. And Ayuk was the preferred way to play that team just because he was a little bit cheaper. But, um, I mean, after this game, I don't know how many, I don't know how big a conclusion you want to draw. Samuel still had seven targets and also got two carries. So they're still using him almost the same way as they would have been giving him almost as many targets as Ayuk if those downfield targets do turn out to be a lot more valuable. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Debo Samuel is one of the best after-the-catch guys in the NFL. So, you know, kind of it kind of is a wash in terms of the target value. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I would be ready to flip them just yet, although I always kind of thought their ADP should be a little bit closer. Yeah, we just to go back to our draft stream and I was doing that thing on my phone as I was pulling it up is uh, we have Debo on that team. He scored 11.3 fantasy points. Not necessarily. And he actually looked to be in line for a massive game early on. It just after Ayuk scored those two TDs and the fact that the Steelers had literally zero punch back to them. Like they had nothing Like they had, they offered nothing. It, it, this game was never going to shoot out. Like there was no reason for them to really go hopeful hog on Debo. Right. Like, like CMC had like a, like one massive like TD that essentially iced the game, 
they they essentially like mothballed Kittle after giving him a lot of early usage early on. Um, like they just mothballed him after that. They were like, we don't need him risking his hammy any further. This game's over, type of thing. Um, like with 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 Debo, what was good was again like he they started the game like he actually touched the ball twice before CMC even saw the field, right? Like you're so you're still getting you're getting. <laughs> You're getting what the uh, the Falcons have affectionately called the Joker role, um, which could either refer to a guy who does it all in the field, or in T. Pat's case, be inactive on game day, right? <laughs> so, so, um, uh, so, so, I'm, I'm still, I still think Debo is the premium way to play that, to play that, to play that uh, um, uh, passing offense. I'm actually much closer with Jack on this. I was Team Debo like pretty much all off season. He wasn't a priority target for me uh, in the third, but he was someone who I would just take at ADP or around ADP because I just liked him more than a bunch of others in the same in the same area. Um, but he's like I I I, I just think that we're going to be seeing a lot more deep like big Debo games that are yet to come, especially if the Niners actually get pushed, or conversely if Debo actually finds the open field a couple of times in these jet sweeps that they're running him on, and. Uh, you know we're we're gonna see these guys trading off, but it's nice to see Ayuk pay off that faith that we had in him last year. Going back to the well, he's not burning us. I mean, it's also only week one. We don't want to overreact. Like this could be his best game ever. I mean, he had a career day today, right? This could be his best game, and that's it. But but for now, man, like this Niners offense is a is a rocket ship with a fairly concentrated target share. So it's pretty nice to have pieces of it everywhere. Yeah, it uh, didn't exactly happen in this game, but they did put up a lot of points. Do you see a scenario where you maybe have both Ayuk and Debo in your starting lineup or on the same DFS lineup even? I think so. I, th- I mean, it would require the opponent playing the Niners close, which today and over the second half of last season with Purdy was kind of a, a big problem. Um, but I mean, they're so efficient. It's not like Purdy needs like 40 attempts. Like if he throws 30 attempts, they're probably pretty valuable. And Debo and Ayuk can both pay off. Yeah, there was some question coming into this game about Kittle's health. He ends up with six targets for only 19 yards. Do you think, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing he wasn't 100% healthy. Um, if, you know, if it comes back and he's earning more targets at full health, how does that impact uh, this offense, you think? Yeah, it, it definitely hurts Debo and Ayuk. I kind of think Debo and Ayuk are like the primary. I think they're ahead of Kittle in the in the target pecking order when everyone's healthy. Um, so I'd be more worried about Kittle than than either Debo or Ayuk really. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if all four of them are healthy plus McCaffrey, um, then it, it is pretty crowded, and they're gonna have to rely on efficiency a lot of the time. But, I mean, the Niners' offense is just ridiculously efficient. So I, I think they can do that a lot of the time. Uh, Jack, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I was telling Larry and I were talking about this, like, uh, during our draft stream. But um, last year, it took Debo getting hurt to see either one of Kittle or Ayuk go off that, that week. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't – all of them weren't getting fed because CNC took such a big receiving target share, right? Like – do you see that still being the case down here? Like, how are you guys projecting this going forward at Ed Establish the Run? And you don't have to give us a secret sauce, but I am curious as to how you guys are going to be 
applying your weights and and figuring out like how who who shakes out and in your opinion do you think is like Kittle is going to get the raw end of the deal here or yeah it's basically just dependent on uh the shares from week one and then the second half of last year when when they were all on the same team and when that was the case Debo was the primary guy um and then Ayuk and CMC were behind him and I believe Kittle was fourth but Kittle also just scored like an insane amount of touchdowns or something um so yeah Kittle would be the one I'm personally most scared about getting squeezed for targets yeah I I think I would agree with that that makes sense um I want to move on to uh, a rookie quarterback that uh started playing well looked like he was doing well Anthony Richardson scored a touchdown on the ground before suffering a knee bruise in week one's loss to the Jaguars. Um, assuming this injury is not a long-term thing, are you are you buying Anthony Richardson now? I think so. Uh, he said after the game that he he wasn't seriously hurt, or either him or someone on the Colts said that. Um, I, they played fast. I, I still don't think Anthony Richardson is like particularly good this year. I think long-term he, he has a lot of upside. Um, but I still think he's a raw passer, but they were designing runs for him. Um, and he only had 40 yards rushing. I, I think the c- weekly ceiling is higher than that, but he threw 37 passes too. Like they, they clearly are just, it's a learning year for him and, and they realize that. And so they're just going to give him all he can handle. And I think for fantasy, that's a good thing. He's going to make some mistakes. I'm um, going to throw some picks. I think he had one today, but you know, a six, four guy that runs a four, four, and the, on an offense that's playing super fast, I feel like that's like a perfect fantasy recipe. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. He also had a pretty nice uh, throw to Michael Pittman. That was a that was a that was a touchdown as well. I mean, I know you guys were on this at ETR. I was on this myself personally with Anthony Richardson under eighteen and a half, uh, under and under eighteen and a half pass passing completions. Um, expecting the same the same guy from preseason to show up. We knew he was going to be. Um, we knew he was going to be uh, uh, the Colts were going to be playing fast, but 18 and a half is a fairly low number in terms of completions. We know a lot of quarterbacks who tend to get that number tend to be thought of as very bad as Vegas, and they tend to more often than not, like two thirds of the time, tend to go under that number. Believe it or not, right? Um, so all all good things playing playing in our direction. What really surprised me the most was at actually the thesis behind the play. I'll still stand by. What surprised me was that at the start of the first half, Guy could not stop hitting every receiver in that mid-range that we thought he mm. didn't have. I think yeah. that's what really screwed us because when you go to the second half, he had barely any completions, right? Like it's like this, that first that first half, he did like all of his damage, like through that in the in that mid-range, he was throwing it to guys like Kyle Granderson and mm-hmm. like Josh Downs and something called Drew Ogletree, right? And like hitting his and hitting his like running backs and stuff. And that was something we didn't think he had in his arsenal or at least reliably had in his arsenal. So I want to ask you, like, did you like want one, is this like a function of the Jags defense being kind of poor? Or is this like more so a surprise because somehow he seems to have developed this mid-range ball when he didn't seem to exhibit one in preseason? Yeah, I, I he still was only at like six yards or attempt. I think exactly 6.0 yards per attempt. So he did start out hot and then he had that big play to pivot, but the efficiency still wasn't 
all that good. It just kind of turned out that they he threw the ball 37 times, um, which I thought was surprising. But I, I do agree that he – I personally kind of thought he'd be a disaster in, in week one. And, and, you know, that says nothing I, – I don't mean to, like, speak badly on his long-term prospects because I think yeah. he could turn into a, a really good player. I just expected him to be really kind of rough around the edges coming into the league. Um, but, yeah, he, so he was a little better than I expected, and then, and then they just threw the ball more than I thought. And they ran a, a whole bunch of plays in, in total, I think. Yeah, because we were, I mean, we were all on this kind of like combined. Like we thought that this was like a good, like this was like a slam dunk spot for lack of a yeah. better term. Like, like like these are the kind of spots you want to be attacking if you're interested in prop betting. Because more often than not, you're going to be getting, you're going to be getting it right than wrong. Yeah, I, when I you do get, agree. When you get it wrong though, you feel like a real asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, 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 yeah, like there's no, like there's no, there's no recompense, right? Like it's just, yep. Like you just, sometimes it just happens. But um, it is, it is interesting, man, it's, it's going to be frustrating if he's developed this like ridiculous connection with Pittman. Pittman, someone who I have almost zero of and zero real interest in outside of a handful of few dynasty best ball teams. Uh, this is going to really suck if, if Pittman's a thing this this year, I'm gonna I'm gonna not be winning as much as I thought I'd be winning. No, I will I not like be getting evening. I will not be getting even with Patrick Corain, <laughs> or will I? I won't be. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, I didn't, historic. Hmm? No, I just I didn't see this game, but did it look like? Do you think there's a possibility that uh, Josh Downs? comes on later in the season and and uh, takes some of that work away from Pittman? I hope so. Uh, I mean, he yeah. ran 36, 36 routes, which okay. I think is, is super encouraging. And then I, I, he was pretty productive in college. Um, so I I like, uh, or at least Amico was big on him coming out of college. And so I mm-hmm. was uh, similar because I just tend to follow what, what he and what also Rotoviz is doing. Um so yeah, I was drafting downs on the 18th. So I hope that he turns out to be something near the end of the season. But it is gonna. I mean, the passing volume today was encouraging. Um, we'll see if that keeps up. I guess. Um, historical anomaly says Pollard TD Cowboys boat racing the Giants. Yeah, Giants are getting absolutely hit by the regression monster hard. Uh, Bronson Howe says uh, trade empty Sutton and Nuke for one of Garrett Wilson or Diggs. I have Chase, Amon, Ross, St. Brown, AJ Brown, Brandon Cooks, and Addison on the bench. How the? What the? Fuck? That's that's impressive. I, don't, Just, yeah, I mean, I would I would do that trade if you have all those guys, but I don't I don't really think it matters. Yeah, yeah I mean, holy cow! You're gonna win. You're gonna win regardless. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think you could. I think you could go with. Oh my god! I don't even know who you could. Just wide receiver, three flex, four team. Yes, like uh, so you can start. Oh, you can start no. five. <laughs> oh, you can start. Yeah, you can start five. Right? That's the issue, because because I can see I can see the desire, and we can actually, you know, he's forced your hand here. Um, but Cortland Sutton caught four of his five targets for thirty-two yards and a touchdown in the Broncos' week one loss to the Raiders. So I can see wanting to sell high on MT's big performance today, right? Because uh, he's done this before, and then he just turns into like I mean, then he's just gone again, and then and I can see wanting to sell high on Sutton because Jude, when Judy comes back, it's going to be a little bit different, and hopefully Mims comes on. Uh, but do you guys have a, like a preference between Wilson or Diggs? Because to me, that's like pretty much the 18 league. I mean, it's still it's still 
it's still fine. It's not, again, winning these leagues isn't easy. Um, what I would say is offer that exact package for both players and then just whichever one gets accepted, gets accepted. I, I, I really don't have a lean on, on Garrett Wilson versus Diggs. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, definitely I, Garrett Wilson. I think, I think, um, I think it's a, you know, you can ask a question about whether Thomas, whether Thomas's big performance means he's like back to, I mean, I don't think you can expect vintage Michael Thomas, but if he's going to be like leading the saints in targets opposite Olave kind of pulling defenders away, that could be valuable. If Hopkins is going to be vintage Hopkins, but I mean, these guys were earning targets today. That's hard to ignore. I'm not saying I wouldn't do the trade yeah. because of that, but um, Recif has a good answer on the chat. Recif has a really good answer in the chat. Yeah, that's the issue. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I wonder if it almost becomes. I hope Garrett Wilson does not does not flop because I have over five and a half Rex, which was a fishy play. I'll, I'll admit, and uh, I just decided to double down. I went over sixty six and a half receiving yards because why not? You know what? We're all in on Garrett Wilson. Jack's eyes were like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Well, I mean, I don't have anything on Gary Wilson, but Rogers yeah. is looking exclusively his way in, in preseason. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's all it's all fun and games until his like relationship with Alan Lazard and like Randall Cobb ruins everything I've got going for myself. Oh man, um, give us one season at least. I know, right? One um, season of Garrett Wilson as faster D- Devonte Adams. Seriously, but going back to that Colts uh, Jags game, and apologies for for jumping around here. But uh, this is a guy who, Jack, you, you mentioned, and it's a really good call out, was Christian Kirk. He caught one of three targets for nine yards, no scores. Um, like, he's got, he, he's getting squeezed on both ends, right? Like, one like, on the top end, he's getting, he's, all, he's obviously, we all, like, I don't know what you guys were doing at, at ETR, but I expect him to get squeezed a little bit by um, uh, the return of, uh, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name. Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley, thank you. And then he's also getting pushed by Zay Jones in the back end. What is <laughs> Jack talk to me here? Like, what are you guys? How are you guys going to be projecting Christian Kirk going forward? Because he had less, he had fewer targets than Travis Etienne. Like, how do you yeah. how do you guys even reconcile that? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of scary, and I, I think it's also scary that Zay Jones had like ten more routes yeah. than him. So Zay was playing ahead of him in, in two receiver sets, which we saw like for a couple drives in preseason but we weren't sure if it was going to carry over but it looks like it did and then Ridley obviously came out like on fire yeah. um so I think it's it's pretty bad for Kirk I, I don't want to overreact to one week like but I, the the usage both from like a target perspective and the fact that he's behind Zay Jones in routes I think is pretty bad sign Zay Jones Evan Ingram Travis Etienne and I mean it's going to be it's going to be a tough scene for anyone who drafted Christian Kirk at this year's draft price right like a really, really tough team. And it sucks because I really like Christian Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I was a big Ridley skeptic this offseason, especially when his price started getting up into the second round at yeah. the end there. That's um, when I was out. That's when was I was I, out. Was I just dead wrong? I I don't know. I mean, it's too early to say. Um, I was like, I think I was partially wish casting it and it just came true, but like I <laughs> wanted to be in on Ridley. And so I just kind of like was, um, but I mean, yeah, it was an encouraging debut, but we'll see if he can like keep it up. That's just called being a savage Jack. Come on now. Give yourself some credit. 
Um, yeah, you gotta have one guy or one or two guys a year where you know maybe it's not the most logical play, but you, you just you just feel it. So yeah, exactly. You just gotta go with the vibes, man. Like that's we're we're, <laughs> we're, we're I'm telling you. So next, the next level of fantasy football analysis is because we have gone, we have we have entered the the intrinsic value of all this quench stuff in our hearts and our minds, and then we're just gonna move into vibes. That's it. Like we yeah, just it's go like, straight. It's like the, it's like the meme. Curve. The yeah, like the bell curve meme. meme. Exactly. <laughs> I'm on the left side of the bell curve. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but uh, but you know we're 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 definitely doing well. I turned around so I could see this this Dallas Giants game, and it is it's man, it's it's uglier than the Steelers Niners it game. Is. It's 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 a tough it's a tough this is a tough watch. Um, Blair, do you want do you want to read off the next the, the next blurb, which is my favorite blurb that we've ever got? Yeah, speaking of vibes, we got a direct quote from Jamar Chase. It's frustrating because I called they ass elves and we just lost to some elves. <laughs> I mean... What a post-game presser from a, from a goat. That's some analysis. I don't think we can yeah. top that. Did you, get, did you see the original video? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it was like uh, some interviewer was interviewing Jamar. I think it was about like Denzel Ward, but it could have been about anything. And and he's like, and Jamar's like, you know, like we're we're just gonna get out there and prepare for the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. I, I was about to call them the Elves. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and and then Miles Garrett responded and said like, said like we saw we saw Jamar call us the Elves and like we're taking that seriously. Like we're not happy about that. <laughs> um, and and oh, so I, obviously Miles Garrett won that one. Yeah, um, Matt. Okay, so today there was this this game pissed me off for a bunch of reasons. But I think the biggest reason that it pissed me off was that like I had Irv Smith under two and a half receptions at a pretty nice plus number, right? I'm I'm cruising. I am cruising to a dub. All right. <laughs> uh Red Mulch is Red Mulch is pretty good. Yeah, I would do it. Um anyways, I was I was cruising, I was cruising for a dub. And then I lose. He ends with like three catches on five targets for 17 yards. This is really tilting. Like the what really tilts me the most about this loss is that Barrow completed 14 of his 31 attempts. Like this yeah. is how I lose. Like like T. Higgins goes <laughs> goes O for O on eight targets. Like it was like I'm not gonna say it's like a, like a like a game to forget. Like it really is. Yeah, Watson looked, yeah, exactly. Recif, Watson looked about as bad as you could and still got decent fantasy points. Meanwhile, meanwhile, everybody on the other side, outside of Jamar Chase, did nothing. The, the, like, the Bengals truly, like, this isn't a game that you can just sort of wash your hands clean off. Like, it really is a game that, like, should worry a team that has Super Bowl ambition. Yeah, uh, as a fantasy owner, how worried are you if, for your Chase and Higgins? shares is this something that's i don't know like you're obviously not going to drop them but in leagues where you can trade are you maybe looking to uh get out before the bottom falls out or are you looking to acquire them from an owner who might be nervous i, I might be week, but... i might be trying to acquire jamar um just because i yeah. mean you know i'm not really that worried about like burrow maybe i'm underreacting and in two weeks this will look like dumb but I, I, I mean, we we have such a big sample size of Burrow just being elite, Jamar being elite. That if anyone's like panicking about Burrow, which I doubt most people are, I'd try to get Jamar. Um, T, I, I kind of think Jamar is just gonna be like 
the alpha in this offense. So like I like T. Um, I wouldn't like go out of my way to like, you know, trade an, a two three a- after this game. Like I wouldn't go trade like a guy like a mid third round, early third round, wherever he was going esque package um, for him. Um, but I, I think if you have him, like you can't, you're not trading him after he dropped zero. Yeah, D was a tough click for me during the uh, during the off season, if only because uh, it just felt like he was going in a range where we like he uh, like in a tier by himself, and I always wanted Mark Andrews instead. Uh, look at how that turned out. Two zeros. It doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> um, uh, but but I just I just wanted like. I I was like if I didn't get Andrews I take T and like it wasn't necessarily like ah like I'm ex- like jumping for joy for, like taking T because I, I don't think he's like you Jack I just don't think he's as good like I just think like Jamar is by far and away just one of the like he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done right in best ball you want a guy who can drop fifty five on any given week right uh, like like poster boy for that. Like and like and like he does it and just and he wins everywhere, right? Um, yeah, at least you didn't start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's actually a really good question here. We we talked a little bit about Sutton, but how how was Mims fourth among Denver wide receivers and snaps? Does Denver even have four wide receivers? You know, I was actually very surprised about this as well because because I did not know how ha- like half of these guys existed. Like it's just people. Like I I, I like. Here are some guys who got more receptions and targets than, than than Mims, and one of them was a guy called Brandon Johnson. Like this is the most make a name Madden player of all time, right? <laughs> and 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 how is like and how is little Jordan Humphrey tied with Marvin Mims in terms of like targets? Like we know what little little Jordan Humphrey is. He's he's like a he's like an oaf man. He's like a six foot six like lumbering oaf. Like like Mims, we've seen upside from. We think he's got upside. Uh, like I, I don't know what the Broncos are doing, but yeah, I mean, it's just this was something that like it just it tilts it tilts me to no end because, but also like it makes sense, right? Like when Samaji Piran leads your entire receiving group in receiving yards, you're not winning any games, even against like the Raiders, right? So yeah, I I, I genuinely like, this is just Sean Payton getting you know being cute or whatever. Like, like, welcome back to the league, Peyton. But, uh, but, but going back to the Bengals. Sorry, we're a little disjointed here. Um, yeah, with with Higgins, I mean, he's still good. He's still good. It's just I, I, I want him. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be going out. Like, I don't know what I trade for him. Like, I don't think I'd be moving like a running back or like a tight end. Uh, like, like I'm not trading Mark Andrews for him. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather have the positional value of what Andrews brings than than another wide receiver. Um, for a trade, I guess. I guess you'd probably want to do almost like a. I don't think you're gonna get him for a two for one, but like if you had to move him, like would you move Etn for Higgins, or who would you want? Like you would you want Etn or would you want Higgins? After today, I'd probably want Etn because Etn, right? He ran. I don't know. Well, I'm curious what Blair thinks. Um, but Etn ran like. I mean, he's so explosive, and then he ran 30 routes on 35. Lawrence dropbacks, which maybe it doesn't hold because it was like Bigsby's first game, but like they made Hasty inactive. Um, it just seems pretty bullish on ETN. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I don't think I would I would trade ETN to get Higgins. You'd be hoping to get Higgins at a bit of a discount compared to where he was being drafted. So, you know, maybe you'd be looking at 
somebody um somebody who played kind of as expected but was going later anyway i don't know i mean after only one game you wouldn't expect the owner to necessarily give up that easily if he drafted higgins in the third round he's probably a believer so i wouldn't well i don't know i guess i would trade him for etn now <laughs> if you can but like i don't know yeah, right. i'm actually looking at one of my etn teams and i kind of feel bad for the guy i'm playing against because uh because because i got i have i have tua and etn and aaron jones and cmc and brandon Ayuk and i'm about to put up 110 more points than him that sounds like a good week just 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 one league i don't want to look at the other ones that are not going too well um but but, but speaking of uh aaron jones uh, he rushed only nine times for 41 yards uh but he's had his touchdown but he had two receptions one of like one of like for 86 yards and a score like i wanted to get your thoughts jack did you watch this game yeah he he hurt his hammy on that big touchdown um, yeah i don't know if he came back or not i don't think he did right um but he, I, I think he I think he did, but I, I, could I, I could definitely be wrong. I, um, but it didn't matter. Like the Bears were so bad. Yeah. Uh, what I he had like five carries like right away in both halves, and then they and then they just kind of like gave it to to Dylan more. Um, I don't know if that's just a function of like the game wasn't all that close. Um, I think he did just like get hurt and maybe. Yeah, I don't think he came back. back in the game. It doesn't look like, from what I can tell. Um. But yeah, it, that could also be just because they didn't really need him back in the game at that point, right? Yeah. So Restif has a good safe. answer, by the way, about that Higgins trade. He has a good answer for a Higgins trade. who says like maybe like Aaron Jones or Hopkins or Ayuk. I don't know if I trade Ayuk, but Aaron yeah, Jones or Hopkins would be interesting. So assuming Aaron Jones is not injured and this is actually nothing, that's a good that's a good question. Since we're talking Aaron Jones, is Higgins for Aaron Jones the sort of trade that you would? I'd take Higgins personally. Um, Follow-up question. Why is the AJ Dillon bad? <laughs> I, mean, he, you know, I mean, no, it's, it's, a, it's a real question. He had 13 carries, 19 yards, right? And yes. then he has, like, he got two of his three targets for 17 yards, right? Like, what? Like, what's his issue, man? Like, why does he suck? Yeah, um, I mean, because Dillon's like just seems like way better. Yeah. The, like, it's a better, like, obviously, they're going to use both. Like, it, it's not like yeah. Aaron Jones is ever going to get, like, 20 carries. And, and the Dillon, like, thesis of, He's gonna have his his one B roll, and then if Jones gets hurt, he'll be like a complete workhorse. Like that remains like in effect. I think um, Jones is just like a lot more efficient. I think we, it's pretty fair to say by this point. But but we've seen Dylan as the workhorse for Green Bay, and he somehow does worse, right? When when the act when he's actually given actually all the work, he's like and there's a, I guess there's a reason why Green Bay was in for JT, right? Like they were one of the teams that were. Reported to be supremely in on JT, like where they're offering like you know a couple of firsts or whatever. Like it's interesting. Like it's interesting because the thesis behind the Dylan pick at the time, and I'm gonna have to go back to. I can't remember what year it was, but he was. They took him ahead of like actual wide receivers that they could have taken um, in the draft, right? Like, and they've done this. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but they've they've like, the Green Bay Packers have done this. For years, where they've just sort of ignored wide receiver talent. Let's see, they picked him ahead of, uh, well, not really anyone good, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you guys. Devin Duvernay. Let's talk good. about, while you're looking for that, one good guy that they did pick, and it's not Romeo Dobbs. He had the touchdowns, but Jaden Reed had as many targets and more yards than Dobbs. That's Hassan's guy. 
What do you think? Are you uh, are you now a thousand percent in on Reed? That's fine. I think he got hurt. Did he? He came. Yeah, he I think he, cramps. he came. Yeah, he cramps. Um, so he's he's yeah. David Chow like scared me because he tweeted like fifteen six score and like it it looks like an ACL and then the Packers tweeted like Jaden Reed has cramps and a questionable return. <laughs> Man, this is like Doctor Chow every time though. The player on the field has died. What? <laughs> like... um, yeah, I mean, he's usually right, so it's scared me. I he is right. That's, I that's the thing. Funny that, I just thought it was funny this time because I saw, like, his tweet, and then I saw, like, Jaden Reed has returned to the game like, immediately <laughs> after. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I'm with Hassan here. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Jaden Reed. I, I think I, – I I thought throughout the offseason the gap between him and Dobbs was, like, one of the more curious ADP differences because Reed has way higher draft capital. Um yeah. Very explosive, very explosive player. Yeah, he was dominating at camp. Like I, I thought he should have probably gone ahead of Dobbs, like in a vacuum, and and he was going like forty picks later. Yeah, uh, Jaden Reed had two trainers helping him off on his right leg, uh, but haven't heard severity according to historical anomalies. The other interesting guy is is, and if he's somehow on your waiver wire, and you have to get this if you need tight end, is uh, Luke Musgrave. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, I think, I think the one thing that we've learned is. Dobbs was able to play severely limited. Christian Watson, when he comes back, is ostensibly like him and Dobbs are going to be one A, one B. But there's definitely a vacuum behind them, and you want Reed and Musgrave on your team somewhere. Like you need them. Yeah, I think so too. I started likely over Musgrave. It, it was between oh brutal. I was between likely Musgrave and Hurst, and with with Andrews out, and I chose like the absolute wrong option. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I I think Musgrave, I mean, he had a good game today in his first career game and he, you know, barely played his like, like final year in college. Um, I I think it's pretty encouraging. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, I don't have much to say about this, but like Justin Fields looked pretty poor, right? Like it almost just like he had like 214 yards. Um, there's a lot of 216 yards, like one touchdown, one interception, but he looked bad. Like it was, it was a lot of missed, just a lot of missed overthrows. Um, he's a guy who's been a betting favorite of ours because his his numbers were always inflated. You could just bet the unders, blind bet them, and just print. Last year there was it was it was almost like a free square a little bit. Um, the books are sharper this year, uh, so we don't have that. But um, DJ Moore season is never coming, guys. Like he's just never gonna play with a good quarterback. Yeah, it's it's definitely not great. What did he? Yeah, I think he had like two catches or something today. He might have only. Had, yeah, I think, yeah. I think Almost all three Bears running backs out targeted him. It's it's ridiculous. He had two targets, man. Like and like this is like flies in the face of everything we saw in preseason. Yeah, right. It, like like it doesn't. It, does, it definitely does not make sense. I mean, I think the big lesson is, you know, people looking at preseason as some form of signal are just gonna get disappointed, like us over here. Yeah, I was, two for twenty-five I, and two targets. I took preseason. Like there were definitely there were like many cases today where I took too much signal from preseason, um, yeah. and it just a lot of stuff was not the same usage. I mean, even sticking with the Bears, like Herbert versus Foreman, like mm-hmm. they played they played Foreman like way more than you would have ever thought. They way more. Yeah. Did you guys by any chance happen to buy the Foreman late season dip? I had no like I had no idea what happened there. Like he just. His ADP just like sank like a rock for like a there month were, before we. There were like off. rumors he was, he could get cut. 
yeah, there were rumors. Uh, there were rumors, and this actually probably is a good is a good segue into our next into our next topic um, about about the uh, uh, you know rumors about who's getting caught. Um, Before is, we segue, I do want to ask about Roshan Johnson, who oh yeah, who had seven targets, tied for the team lead, um, and you know looked like surprisingly good in the as a receiver. Is that something that we should kind of expect from from him and from this Bears offense that Fields might be targeting the running backs like this. Yeah, I need to look back at when his targets were because like, oh. I feel like it matters if it was like fourth quarter when they were down 30. First, mm-hmm. I, I honestly just don't know. I need, that's something I need to look back on. Uh, I believe they were at the end, actually. They, I, think, I, think, I think a lot of Roshan usage game after the game was like well out of reach. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, let me... Oh, yeah. Let's look it up like real quick. He, he had like he had five targets in the last four minutes. There you go. That's yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't think that's like super sticky. Probably. Um. Yeah. That was nice and quick. What do you what what kind of cool stuff do you guys have over that ETR? Over here we're just, using. I'm on his uh, ESPN. I'm just on the Bears play by play, and I just command oh, nice. F, uh, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> very high tech <laughs> operation. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. That was me as well. I, I, I forgot to hit the I forgot to hit the control F. That was my <laughs> issue. Yeah, no, because 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 I remember John Lipinski mentioning to us in another conversation that like don't try and take anything away from the Roshan usage. You warned us, like all, all this usage is coming way down. Like it's coming at towards the end of the game. Um it's nice to see him look explosive, but also it's a little meaningless in that he wasn't able to get on the field earlier. But, I mean, he looked good and explosive, so hopefully we'll see a little bit more of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he's a, a later-round rookie playing in his first game, so I think, like, any usage really is kind of encouraging, and hopefully the role can grow. Yeah, but uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about running back surprises here, huh? With Kenneth Gainwell, who rushed 14 times for 54 yards and zero scores and caught four of all four of his targets for 20 yards in the Eagles' week, win one, or a week one win over the Patriots. Like, um, So, Jack, why don't, why don't we discuss the roller coaster ride at the Philadelphia Eagles' backfield? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, God, we got it all wrong. <laughs> Everyone yeah. got it wrong. Penny was like straight up inactive, um, which like I, I I mean I did too. Like after there were the the cut rumors in August, which I don't I didn't really buy into too much. But once that was passed, um, I kind of thought we were like in, in the clear on Penny. But now he's uh, inactive week one. Healthy scratch. DeAndre, huh? DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre Swift had one carry and and two total touches, one two, three opportunities, um, and then Gainwell just kind of like dominated, and then so, a little bit of Boston Scott but yeah I mean it, it looks like Gainwell's like the guy for now 17th round Kenneth Gainwell is gonna save us this is one where you, you were trying not to overreact to the preseason and that was exactly the wrong thing yeah yeah exactly uh, we uh uh the season the, the the NFL season is long and full of horrors and we're just gonna get it all wrong but this is like a big miss for all of us as a community I think I guess been... the question I guess the question is how much do you even buy this week one usage kind of sticking throughout the whole season or do you think the Eagles are the kind of team that's gonna like you know they come out week two and DeAndre Swift is the guy I mean they came into this game I believe listing 
all four running backs as starters. Like they listed yeah. four running back starters in alphabetical um, order. Yeah. So I have a feeling, <laughs> you know, you get the sense that they might not either. They might not completely know what they're doing or they're purposefully being a little bit shifty. So well, but maybe, maybe next week they come out and Gamewell's inactive or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway. I think Gainwell's like the one like lock to have some role because I think the Eagles like trust him the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean it seems like Penny and and even and, and probably and, like honestly Boston Scott too. Like it's not like he's ever gonna have a big role, but he seems pretty safe to have a role. Um and then Penny and Scott or Penny and Swift, um just like who knows. It it easily could be. It seems like it easily could be Swift next week who's yeah. not active. Is Penny droppable if you need to pick someone up? I think so. Oh, wait, no, but Resif has a good boost in the ground scouting report for us, which is, as an <laughs> Eagles fan, I think we're going to be going to game plan for different teams. I think I'd wait a week before I start. Like, I think I gave it one more week before I started making like plans on Penny. Um, if, he's, if he's a healthy scratch again, then I think you got to start really considering what your options are because I just don't see... The last thing you want is to drop him to waivers and then week four he blows up or week five he blows up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, just... I, it depends on, like, the bench size, I guess. Like, if you're in a yeah, deep league, sure. you can uh, hold him. But if, like, I mean, there are some guys on waivers, like Justice Hill, Puka, oh, yeah, who, God, I'm, God. who I'm sure we'll talk to talk about. Like, there's some guys that, like, I'm going to want to pick up. Um, and if, if I don't really have anyone else to drop, I'm fine cutting ties with Penny. Um, you mentioned... Puka Nakua, we might as well talk about him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how much are you, how much are you bidding on the waiver wire to get this guy? I'm like, I'm pretty in on him. I feel like, like the cup stuff seems pretty long term, mm-hmm. and he slid in right away and had a 41% target share in his first career game. It was honestly like ridiculous, like the volume he was getting. Um, and I, I mean, maybe Cup comes back. And just completely marginalizes him. But I mean, I feel like the chances Cup comes back and like stays healthy the whole year, or like it just seems like a lot of things are going against Cup right now. Um, And Puka was fantastic. So I would be fine like spending up on Puka, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of paths to Puka being, God damn it, being relevant. And I hate this because I knew I should have been taking more Puka. And I was just, I just got so hyper fixated on like a handful of late, late round guys. Like, uh, I just couldn't bring myself to, I think I had about like 5% Buka, and that's not enough, man. Like, when you start looking at this, you're just like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I, I was just so out on the Rams, right? Like, outside of Cup, outside of Higby, I was just so out on them and the auxiliary guys that I got tunnel vision and I needed someone to slap some sense into me. Um, didn't happen, but uh, you know, paying my tuition with that one. Um, but yeah, man, this is this is interesting. Did you have like a feel for his prospect profile? I wasn't really particularly impressed with it. Again, he just seemed like a big lumbering oaf. Uh, sort of nice to have, but it. I mean, clearly the ba- the guy can play, right? Like he can, he can, he plays plays well. I mean, this is a really really impressive stat line for a first year rookie, um, especially. You know, given given the kind of shoes that he has to fill, and the fact that they came out and they beat the Seahawks pretty comprehensively, you know, I'm with you, man. I think I think you got to make got got to get him on your on your squad somehow. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I'm with you in terms of like prospect profile. He did have some kind of impressive. Um, Ooh, good question. Yeah, he did have some kind of impressive market share numbers, but kind of a low volume offense at BYU. So it's hard to know exactly how to evaluate that <laughs> that aspect of it. Um, you don't want to kind of overpay for someone who compiles yeah, Ch- that number. Chuck Lemange asks uh, Puka or Shahid in the chat. I think I think Puka, man. I'd take Puka. Yeah, he's a wide receiver one. Like you're not you're not competing with the other jokers in New Orleans, <laughs> right? Like I mean, you got you, you got Michael Thomas, you have Chris Olave, then you have Justin John, like Juwan Johnson, right? Yeah. And then the, and this doesn't even factor in the return of Alvin Kamara, and eventually when our boy Kendrick Miller takes over, right? So. I like Shahid a lot. I think if they're both on waivers and you need someone, you're picking up Puka because those 15 targets are just so huge. Um, now, Tutu Atwell had as many yards as Puka did on only eight targets, but you know they were using him, I guess, deeper downfield. Um, is he worth an ad? And how do you see those two sharing the field as long as Cup is out? Yeah, I think Tutu's worth adding, too. Um, they did use him, like, as a deep threat. Uh, Van Jefferson had, like, a brutal drop. So I think Tutu probably is going to have that deep threat role uh, to himself. He looked good doing it, 119 yards, obviously. Um, so, you know, he could be the, the air yards guy. Puka, I think, is going to be getting the targets uh, as long as Cups out, I think. I mean, we we didn't even, like, need a shootout today. But the Rams' defense is pretty terrible. And as long as Stafford stays healthy, which I think is a pretty big question at this stage in his career, like I, I think that the Rams offense could have some decent passing numbers um, volume-wise. So I, I think both of them – I don't think both of them are going to be like I, – I cannot imagine a world in which like Puka, Nakua, and Tutu are, are both like top 20 wide receivers every week. But I, I think they could both be like flex guys at least. Um they will be yeah. uh, top twenty wide receivers during one of the bi- bi- apocalypses. Trust me, it'll be it'll be it'll be, it'll be terrible. But yeah, you, you cups back by then. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't think you can put that. I don't think you can put this usage back in the box. If anything else, I don't know how. I think it's better. Like Nick, it's a net positive for the Rams' offense because now McVay's actually can see he's got more options to play with when Cup is back. If anything, it probably like. Like Cup could be more efficient when he comes back because now he's actually got guys underneath who can actually tear away parts of the defense, and you're leaving him to you know do what he does, which is feast on the soft linebacker covers that he tends to somehow find all the time, right? So I think it, I think really it's I'm not I'm trying not to overreact to just the one game, but like it is interesting that like the Rams' offense, and I must have, I might have been in a bubble that like you know that was left for dead, is showing signs of very aggressive life. Right, like this is like McVeigh kind of back against the wall at his finest. You know, you got to tip your, you just got to tip your cap sometimes, right? Like for as long as Stafford's healthy, we know we know Stafford's just a wizard when he comes down to being a quarterback, right? Like this yeah. is an interesting and exciting offense with a, with a, with a, with a mastermind in place. So excited to see where it goes. So get Puka, definitely get Tutu. You know, like it's just like just lean into it and as long as and just hope you can get 17 games out of staff and when you when you don't then we can worry about contingency then oh good job you just grab puka over waivers nice um yeah i mean obviously it's kind of an open question about how much value he has if cup returns but i mean given given what he did today i think 
he's at least made a case to have a kind of continued role, even even if Cup comes back healthy and, and really takes over that alpha role. So I think that's a good, definitely a good short-term ad and maybe even a good. Um, Jahan Dotson, the next guy on the list, five or seven targets for 40 yards. I mean, I was a big Dotson fan coming into this season. This is a little bit disappointing. Uh, how how worried are you for Dotson and for the commander's offense, which, you know, despite winning the game, had, had uh, some issues? Yeah, I was big on Dotson too. Um, and, and he only had 40 yards, but he did have like a 22.6% target share, which I think is good. Um, Howell, obviously, and, and the whole passing game didn't really do all that much. Um, but I, I still think seeing the volume that he got, believing in the, I mean, it's the same bet I think that he was a week ago. So I'm not really changing my opinion. We knew that like the passing offense was a concern um, a little bit with Howell. Um, and we knew that, or at least we thought that Dotson's like a, a good player. He's going to earn volume. Um, so I, I don't think much changes from him based off this game, to be honest. I think the concern for me is this Logan Thomas resurgence. I know there were some really sharp basketball players on Logan Thomas uh, during draft season. And by that, I just sort of mean from a tar- raw target perspective, right? He got four of his eight targets at 43 yards. Right? Like, that's one more target than Dotson got. Like, it would have been nicer to see them actually funnel targets to the way of Dotson and McLaurin and, you know, use their wide receivers. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge Logan Thomas guy. Um, so I was wanted to get your thoughts, Jack. Like, how can, can like what is it like talk to me like what is the path to him to a 30 percent recurring target share i don't think you need a 30 percent target share i think like if he gets like a 20, like 22.6 percent target share and i think he'll pay off his adp which is where he was today and there's potential for him to get higher um logan thomas is old coming off an injury i, I think his endurance as far as like the whole season is a question mark um so yeah i like 30% target share would be incredible. But I think if he can get in the like 22, 23, 24, 25 range, um, then you're probably going to be happy with, with what you paid for him. Yeah. You mentioned uh, how kind of poor, how it looked in this game, only 202 passing yards, touchdown and interception also sacked six times. Um, are you, you know, Obviously, Howell was like one of our favorite late round guys, but it's important to point out that he was a late round guy still. So, you know, temper your expectations a little bit. But are you disappointed in this uh, outcome? Or I guess I should say, how disappointing is this? How much did you expect there to be these kinds of growing pains? Maybe we'll say, but yeah, where, I, I, where think it's, I think it's slightly disappointing just because of how bad the Cardinals is or Cardinals are. Um the, the main thing that I didn't really like was that he only had two carries for 11 yards because I think having that dual threat was a big part of um, his, his upside. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he, he scored a rushing touchdown. He threw for a touchdown, 200 yards. Like, uh, he was going – he was basically free in drafts. Um, and he they won, so it's not like people are going to start coming for – calling for his job or anything. Um, so yeah, not, not too worried about how I, I would have liked to see him play better, but don't think it's the end of the world or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think you're still holding and still hoping for, uh, for some more fireworks in the future. 
Um, we got a glimpse of something from Brian Robinson, who uh, was the lead back in terms of carries and also caught a receiving touchdown. Um, it seems like Antonio Gibson might not have much of a job. Is that kind of how you're reading this? Yeah, Gibson fumbled, and then I, I, I don't know actually how many carries he finished with, but it might have been his final carry. I think he fumbled yeah, on his three. final carry of his game. I think he fumbled on his third carry, and they didn't give him the ball again. And we've seen Ron Rivera put Gibson in the doghouse before. So from that perspective, you you don't really like to see it's, that. Um, it's Mahover for him, man. It's totally over. It's just I, it's, I mean, it's I done. Mean, it, I mean, it's done. Robinson right. got shot and came back and could play better than Gibson, right? Like, <laughs> that like, is true. I, I do think, I mean, not, this is not a, I like Robinson from a volume bet, but he also had yeah. 19 carries and no carries longer than 70 yards. Um, so I, I think that it's the same bet for Robinson. Like the receiving, we saw a little bit, and that was also there. I guess he only had two targets, but. Um, yeah, I think the receiving is going to be a little better than it was last year, but it's the same question where he's going to get a lot of rushing volume, but how much is that actually worth when it's Brian Robinson doing the the carrying? Um, and if he proves to be an efficient player, then I think he has a, a lot of upside. That's just the question. Uh, yeah, Recep makes another good point in the chat. Chris, Ro- Chris, Chris Rodriguez played a couple of snaps after the Gibson fumble. Um, that's a guy we didn't even see much of in preseasons. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, like that's... Doghousery right there. Um, yeah. Hey, he played uh, early. Rodriguez. He got like the second carry of the game or something, which was <laughs> man. You got you gotta love you gotta love week one, right? When this stuff happens. <laughs> um, but speaking of guys on on questionable offenses, are going to receive a lot of the, the rushing work. Damian Pierce rushed eleven times for thirty eight yards in Texans is week one loss to the Ravens. He also added two catches for nine additional yards. Um, what is your what is your thoughts here? Like, I was really like hesitant to draft Damian Pierce at all this offseason. I just really preferred the bet and Devin Singletary. Like, Jack, what what was your take? Yeah, this was a case. This was a case where I was apparently fooled by preseason because I came around on him in August, and then he had only four more carries than Singletary. And probably even worse than that is that Mike. I'm looking at Nathan Yonke or Jonkey's um, PFF article on like routes run and stuff. And it looks like Pierce had 22 routes on 54 dropbacks and Mike Boone had 19 routes. So if Mike Boone is running as many routes as Pierce and Pierce is also giving 40% of the carries to Singletary, that's kind of a death blow. Real quick, Rendon Die asks, would you guys trade Raheem Mostert and Miles Sanders for Gibbs? I would absolutely make that trade, like, immediately just run to the podium and smash accept. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think so, too, as in PPR especially. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I would agree with that. We didn't really get a chance to, you know, that's the Thursday game with Gibbs in it, so we didn't really discuss. But, yeah, I think it is, you know, you could be disappointed about how much usage they gave Montgomery and how how few carries Gibbs got. And I think he only had two targets, but still very high on him. Yeah, yeah it's it's only week one, I think. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go back to the Houston backfield, though. Jack, like, how are you guys going to, in, in your opinion, like how are you going to be projecting Singletary going forward? Because, again, he's a guy who is going like the 15th, 16th round. 
Um, and I was really curious as to what kind of target share you guys are going to be apportioning him because that's really his calling card here in this offense, right? Like, like if, if you were to say he does one thing better than Pierce, it's probably the receiving stuff, but we didn't see that at all today because he was only used exclusively on the ground. Yeah, um, it's I, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting they're using Mike Boone though, because I'm a big uh, Mike Boone slappy. Caught three of his four targets for 18 yards, but I'm curious as to if we see Devin Singletary actually start seeing some receiving work. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be projecting much. He only had five routes. Um, it looks like it looks like it's Pearson, Pearson Boone that are gonna be out there when they're throwing. So we'll probably give like Singletary a similar ratio. Of carries to uh to Pierce is what he had this week, but not much in the in the receiving game. Tony Pollard scored the second touchdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just saw that. Um, and just, uh, the Giants are getting completely run out of the stadium. Not great. Just absolutely no hope. No hope. This is an absolute route. But yeah, so so you guys are gonna. I mean, it's it's so it's so tough to. So who, in your opinion, like I guess from the Texans, um. Uh, Oh my god! I'm looking at this receiving scorecard. It's the weirdest. I don't want to. Who is Tegan Quiterano? I can't even pronounce that. Um, um, I think he's directed a bunch of movies. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pulp Fiction. That was a really good one. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, the, the 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 last question on this on this Texans offense before I throw up is 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 uh, is Robert Woods right? 10 targets, 6 for 57, also ruins my under 14.5 longest reception, right? What are you guys, how are you guys going to be like forecasting him going forward? And what kind of ding are you guys giving to, giving to his, um, uh, his efficiency? Yeah, the efficiency stuff um, is just kind of like, that's like based on an algorithm most of the time. But I mean, volume wise, he was pretty great. So I think, I think him and Nico look like they're going to be getting a lot of the targets uh, for now. And then hopefully at some point, Tank Dell comes on and starts pushing them for routes. Um, Cause he's, I guess, a lot more exciting. Why did I think this offense is going to yield anything for me? <laughs> um, uh, Hanson Huang asks, I have Drake London. Should I be worried? Yeah. I, I didn't want to talk about him because yes, I'm very worried. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I'd be a little worried. It, it seems like Arthur Smith just has zero desire to get the ball into the hands of his I, highest capital players. Is a, is I I guess how I phrase it. I mean, it's working, so I can't really hate on the Arthur Smith stuff too much because they won by two touchdowns. Why is it um, working? Why yeah. is it working? I mean, you know, he's he's like one of the Titans guys. They they look like they're terrible every year, and then they're gonna go like nine and eight again. Yeah, and Regizzle asks because both these running backs got you know you can go for five yards a carry and score two touchdowns. Man, or Algier. Maybe you know? maybe if they unleash Tyler Heineke, we'd see more pass attempts. I don't know, but De- Desmond Ritter is not it. Um. Trade JSN for Zay Jones. I would not be doing that trade. Uh, who are your top three waiver ads and how much of your fob? So I would, that's a good question. I would say Puka right now, Puka is probably our top waiver ad, com, you know, uh, combined. Um, and I would say he's probably worth what? 15% of your fob. Um, then I'd probably say the Baltimore running backs, either Justice Hill or Gus Edwards, whoever's on waivers, uh, would probably be worth about what? 10, 10 ish percent of your fob. Um, I can't think of a third one right now. I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, 
but I think those are the two coming from the top of my head. Um, I guess you'd have to pay more for Puka. I think so. Probably. Too. Oh, Game probably. Well, yeah. Gainwell, Gainwell, if he's there. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Gainwell, if he's there, but like, I think you probably want Puka or Tutu. Um, followed by the Baltimore backs. Gain, yeah, I guess Gainwell apparently. Kyron, oh, Kyron Williams. Yeah, Paul, that's a good call. Thank you. We didn't. We, he's not on the show sheet, but Game Maker Slappies are not getting there. What three years in a row now? Four years in a row? Like every year they back this guy. It just doesn't work for them. <laughs> I just, I just imagine there's like one guy whose like wife has divorced him because of his like <laughs> obsession with Cam Acres. <laughs> he's like a shrine dedicated to Acres. Like twenty. Acres had twenty-two carries. I know. And he had like, I think he had like 29 yards or something. Yeah, he did. But he also had a touchdown. One of those, one of those carries was 12 yards, which means all his <laughs> other carries were like yards. less than a yard. There's like one man out there in Los Angeles whose wife has taken the kids and left. He's just sitting and watching these games in his he's Acres sitting, jersey. Yeah, sitting watching the red, red zone in his Acres jersey with like his signed Cam Acres football. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kyron Williams is definitely probably a good add. I mean, 15 carries and 52 yards for two scores is pretty impressive. It's really more so what was interesting is um, the two targets. He didn't catch either of them, but that doesn't matter. He's out targeting Acres, uh, but two to nothing, right? So, uh, and the fact that yeah. he's actually getting those goal line looks, I think they, those were both from the from the goal line. Yeah, he um, ran a bunch of routes too. Yeah, it's good news for Kyron. Yeah, good news for Kyron and. Uh, How would you rank uh, Kyron and maybe Gainwell if he's available and uh, Gainwell, man, one of the Ravens guys. Gainwell above the other, yeah, everybody else right now. I'd prioritize Gainwell and then I'd prioritize. Yeah. Probably Kyron, honestly. Uh, yeah, Kyron, uh, Kyron ahead of the two, the two Over, Baltimore guys, I, I right? Just, I just question how much like of a workload they're gonna give Justice Hill. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. that's wrong. I, no, I think I think you're right. Like, how much? Like, how much would you guys be giving at ETR? Like, how much of that do you have to carve away for Lamar Jackson himself? Right. Yeah, I mean, Lamar's gonna get his carries. I, right. I feel like kind of like regardless. Um, and then it's just Justice versus Gus versus I guess now Melvin Gordon. Here's another That's, one. Yeah, Kelly Josh Kelly of waivers. As many yeah. carries as Eckler today. Um, you gotta get him. Yeah, you just have to get him. But. Yeah, but the game the game also was a massive shootout, and they had to spell. I mean, they both teams played really, really fast, Re- like really, really fast. Yeah, I I think the big thing with Kelly is like the contingent value. They uh, Isaiah Spiller was inactive today, so Kelly seems like he's pretty clearly RB two. So if something happens yeah. to Eckler, Kelly could be in for a pretty big role. Yeah, yeah. On the Baltimore guys, yeah, Jack made a good point at the beginning of the show, which was they, you know, not only did they activate Melvin Gordon, but they might also pick someone up, which is what they did, I believe, the last time when Dobbins tore his ACL, they added uh, Tyson Williams. I think is this how the Leonard? This is how the Leonard Fournette slappies get there. Yeah, it could ha- yeah, him or Hunt, it could happen. God damn it, him or the Hunt slappies. Oh my god, it's a good thesis, but man, if. Hunt or Fournette ends up in Baltimore. Are they worth adding? Do they I become think. immediately the the number one running back? And I don't know. become the take, number one. I'd still take Gainwell. I think. Yeah, yeah. I still I I would take Gainwell above everybody right now. Yeah, 
Gainwell or Puka? Depends on your roster. I mean, this is a cop on answer, but it depends on your roster. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I mean, I mean, if you build yeah. if you build zero RB, then yeah, it's gonna be Gainwell. If you don't, then you probably want to go Puka. But I mean, like, which would you keep and drop from week two? Docker, Chandler, Hubbard, Miller, Spears. Um, Shoot. Um, drop. Uh, I would probably drop. I'd probably drop Jason Chandler. Um, and I'd probably drop Kendry Miller. It sucked. I mean, or well, I'd really rather drop Tajay Spears. He didn't get much work. I'd hold on to Kendry Miller because he got more upside. That's those are the two I would I would go with. Spears I'd hold on to work. Spears. I'd hold on to Spears. I think. Yeah, Spears um, had yeah. four targets. Not yeah, that's the issue, right? Because 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 Spears' usage is so interesting. Because he saw like he basically was splitting snaps with Henry. Yeah, I think he outsnapped Henry. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of wild. Um, but yeah, I mean he's a super clear RB two, getting all getting the passing downs behind a guy who's like twenty nine and has a ton of career carries. So I'd I'd hold on the Spears. Um, I, I feel so. like Chandler. I, I I honestly forget the five names, but Chandler or maybe Kendry <laughs> would be the two for me. Yeah, Chandler only one target and two no three carries. Sorry, and then did Miller even touch the ball? No, because he was he a scratch. A, oh, he, he was a, a scratch. Yeah, he had a hamstring. His oh, hamstring. that's yeah. Hubbard actually did get some work, yeah. as I recall. Yeah, yeah he um, played a good amount. And Tucker, I want to hold just because Rashad White looked pretty bad. Yeah, I saw a stat that Rashad White had like the fourth fewest or something. He had like rush yards over expectation, fourth fewest since maybe the start of last year, or maybe even further back than that, um, but just re- like terrible efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. So from that perspective, Tucker's kind of interesting. He wasn't a lot better, 15 yards on five carries, uh, but he also had two targets. So it's just kind of a bet that, you know, White's inefficiency is going to eventually make Tampa Bay give more work to the backup. But yeah, Spears, I definitely want to hold with those targets. Yeah. All right, we have anything else we want to talk about? Been, been, uh, it's been a, it's been a, been a good. It's been a while. It's good to be back, Jack. Thank you for thank you for coming back and 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 really kicking off the man. Just a just a tough scene week one here. Um, uh, it's always tough to wrap your head around it, and then it's tough to not overreact. These first four weeks is they're kind of crucial to your fantasy seasons and the season itself. So we want to thank you so much again for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. This was this was fun. I always love coming on. The, Definitely. The yeah. You have anything to promote? Um, I, I guess just on Twitter, Jack Miller zero two. Um, you can find my writing on ETR, and I'll do. I'm doing helping on the projections over there too. So that's that's basically it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, definitely check out Jack's work. I said at the top, he's one of my favorite writers in the industry. Always be sure to read his stuff. It's great. And use their projections. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, thank you. They put a lot of work into them. Trust me. That is that is true. Um, didn't didn't go so well in the prop streets this week, but you know it's a whole new week, <laughs> whole, whole new week starting Tuesday. So. Hey, right. hey, you can make it all back tomorrow night if you take the Garrett Wilson over five and a half racks and over sixty-six and a half receiving yards. Yeah, you you just, Martingale till you win. Mar- <laughs> you just got a Martingale. I took. Uh, <laughs> I took Deontay Hardy under one, under one and a half wrecks. If you can find that, and if you guys really want to DJ, but that's all I got.
right. If you yeah. lose, if you lose, this was not financial advice. <laughs> if, if you win, it was. If you win, it was. <laughs> if you win, it was. I expect a cut. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. And please come and hang yeah. out with us next week. Definitely. Yep. We'll be doing this every week, 9 p.m. Thanks so much.